0: It seems that crisis upon crisis has beset the country of Lebanon, home to hundreds of thousands of Syrian refugees, Palestinians, diverse religious communities, and an even more diverse political landscape. Political failures have ground the country to a halt, most recently in 2020, when the country's financial sector collapsed. Since then, financial and business innovation have been helping to bring the country back from the brink. Now, investment bankers and a new cadre of investors are catalyzing economic growth and creating an entirely new financial system in the process. From DAI's global development team, I'm Megan Howe, and you're listening to The Practice of Partnership, a podcast about how local partnership is the cornerstone of sustainable, impactful development. On this episode, we look at how investment bankers and venture capitalists are planting seeds towards Lebanon's economic recovery through partnership.
1: You know, we have to remember what uh, Warren Buffett said. And, you know, he said, when others are greedy, be fearful. And when uh, others are fe- uh, fearful, be greedy. So I think, you know, nowadays in Lebanon, the country's. Ripe to be greedy. If you're an investor or financier, my name is Mark Rostel, and um, I work for DAI. I've been in Lebanon as the chief of party on the Lebanon Trade and Investment Project for the past three years.
0: What's happened in Lebanon over the past three years is dramatic, and that's putting it lightly. Disaster seemed to follow disaster leading to an incredibly challenging environment for citizens and businesses.
1: Lebanon's been facing uh, an unprecedented sovereign banking currency crisis for more than three years. Since the onset of this crisis, the economy's contracted by, I don't know, around 40%. The lira, Lebanese currency, has lost uh, around 98% of its value. Inflation has mushroomed into the triple digits. I think the last uh, statistic I saw was it was uh, 270% year-on-year year as of April 2023. The Central Bank has lost uh, around two-thirds of its foreign currency reserves. And, you know, Shortly after that began, COVID came around. Everyone knows about COVID and the impact that it's had. Then next, there was the Beirut port explosion. Following that, uh, there was there's an ongoing energy crisis uh, with the state-owned enterprise EDL. That's the uh, they're they're the electricity provider, and nowadays they supply about uh, three to four hours of electricity per day. That limited supply of energy has led to severe constraints, as you can imagine, on economic activity. Households and businesses overnight, you know, have become dependent on privately run small-scale generators, you know, to fill that large gap of, you know, sometimes 23 hours a day of electricity. And then, you know, to top it all off, the cherry on the top, uh, the uh, the food security crisis that's been caused in part by the war in Ukraine. So, again I think the last stat I saw was that food prices here have increased by about 260 uh, percent and then uh, when the banking sector seized if you had let's say a hundred thousand dollars in the bank uh, you took an immediate haircut so let's say you had your life savings in the bank you had a hundred thousand or let's say I don't know if you were lucky enough a million then all of a sudden you had twenty thousand dollars in the bank or two hundred thousand dollars and you couldn't take it out in dollars anymore. You had to take it out in lira and you could only take out I don't know what the, what it was back then or even really what it is now, but you know three hundred dollars a day, something like that. So it just um, and the lending ceased. So there was you know there was no more financing going on because the bank said you know no more money.
0: Hyperinflation put immense pressure on businesses and livelihoods, with businesses basically unable to plan for the future. Here's Chris Lyle, investment banker and head of Lebanon's advisory for Cross Boundary, an international investment and transaction advisory firm.
2: You know, in Lebanon right now, the context is a currency that has been in freefall for about three, four years now. Um, And so when you have that type of difficult, um, when you have that type of foreign exchange shock, it can be really difficult for companies to know what the future looks like. If you're generating revenues in local currency, for example, what that's worth today could be very different in just two to three months. Um, And given that the currency has lost over 95% of its value uh, since October 2019, uh, you get a sense of understanding how uh, companies are, are really challenged in trying to understand what their profitability looks like in the future. Uh, and understanding how much capital they need.
0: In Lebanon, most businesses are family-owned, accustomed to using banks for necessary business capital and unfamiliar with equity partnerships or different types of business fundraising. Orion Financial Solutions, a financial advisory and investment firm, says fundamentally this culture contributed to Lebanon's financial collapse. Businesses were not accustomed to partnering.
3: Uh, my name is Nicolas Forchardes. I am the founder and managing partner of Orion Financial Solutions. My background is that of an investment banker. Started in London with various major investment banks. Then I moved uh, back to Lebanon, my country of origin. Of course, partnerships are essential, and that was the, the main reason why Lebanon collapsed at the end, because uh, nobody was willing to partner with anybody. You know, companies were family-owned, and they didn't really want uh, any outsiders coming in. Uh, So now a lot of companies, as a result of TIF's input, are thinking more seriously of merging, uh, going public. So this is a major sign of willingness to partner, and it's a major step towards establishing a more efficient and productive economy.
0: The Trade and Investment Facilitation, or TIF, project funded by USAID started in 2020, just as the financial crisis was kicking off. Mark says the project has three components.
1: Trade and import substitution being the first, finance investment the second, policy reform the third. Our policy reform is focused on the uh, business investment enabling environment. It, it probably would have been difficult for us to operate in that finance and investment space. Would have been difficult for us to build out uh, an investment ecosystem since the banking sector crowded out everything else. Businesses could finance whatever they needed on favorable terms through the banks, and you know now that's completely gone. There's you know almost an absolute dearth of, of bank financing going on. It's you know it's existent.
0: The finance and investment component is the main part of TIF's work. Since inception, TIF has partnered with financial advisory and investment firms to help businesses get the funding and financial knowledge they need.
4: My name is Ramzi Farah. I'm the co-founder of Razor Capital an Emerging Markets VC. As a venture capitalist in Lebanon in 2020, I really witnessed the collapse of the VC ecosystem as a result of the crisis. It was was quite unfortunate since Lebanon was ranked number one regionally in terms of venture capital transactions as well as emerging startups. Um, Founders were left with no support, whether it be financing or mentorship and guidance. Um, to ride out this storm. Um, for us, there was a clear opportunity to jump in and fill that gap. Uh, we did our first investments in Lebanon in 2020 in a company called Podio, in what is today the largest podcasting platform in the Arab world.
0: As Mark alluded to at the beginning of the episode, every crisis presents an opportunity. As an investor, that's exactly what Ramsey experienced.
4: The Lebanese people were starting to be a little bit opportunistic um, coming out of the crisis for the primary reason of survival, right? And you know, we believe that uh, necessity is the mother of creation. and with a l- and with a lot of lacking matters in your daily life, people you know got creative and tried to figure out how to build uh, from scratch again. The reality is is that the-, the crisis brought forth a lot of problems. And so, you know, innovation is, in essence, a problem-solving exercise, you know. Businesses today are, are way more innovative, um, way more lean, um, approaching building from a problem-solving mentality versus building a company um, with a lot of cash.
0: Of course, more innovative and lean businesses are attractive to investors. Although Lebanon is a high-risk environment for most outsiders, Lebanese diaspora showed a keen interest to invest.
4: Diaspora play a massive role in keeping Lebanon afloat. If you look at the demographics of Lebanese on a global stage, there's about 5 million Lebanese in town and 16 million Lebanese abroad, um, the majority of which um, that have left are educated, um, trilingual, ability to connect, with different cultures and different people around the world. And in general, we do have a very successful diaspora population. Um, Lebanon receives about $7 billion worth of remittances a year um, into the country. And if you think about the Lebanese economy today, close to $20 billion economy post-crisis, that's about a third of the the, uh, money that is keeping the country afloat. There is this uh, disconnect between the value, the intrinsic value of what is being produced versus the dollar value. And so um, a lot of expats saw that opportunity and uh, really jumped in on it.
0: With Diaspora investors keen to capitalize on Lebanese ingenuity and entrepreneurship, TIFF supported Razor Capital and others to set up investment funds. They also began partnering with transaction advisory firms that could help businesses get the capital they need. Here's Mark again.
1: We started out working with our transaction advisors. So these transaction advisors are firms that help prepare companies for equity investment. But, you know, that's taken time first because uh, these companies have never worked in this space before because they were so reliant on banks. And, you know, many of these companies, since they're family owned and generational, they've been reluctant to give up ownership or even to kind of open themselves up to that type of, you know, due diligence. So that's there's been a learning curve there and that's taken quite a bit of time. However, since there has been such a dearth or, you know, there's been no uh, commercial banking going on. The demand for those types of services from transaction advisors to help companies raise private capital has increased over the last three years. When we began, we had one transaction advisor. That's our partner, Cross Boundary. A year later, we added another one based on demand. And this year, we added another three more. Uh, Later this year, we'll probably add three or so, you know, three additional ones, I imagine. And each one of these advisory firms, you know, typically works
2: with 10 to 15 companies.
0: Here's Chris from CrossBoundary.
2: So with transaction advisory, fundamentally, what we're trying to do is to remove information asymmetries between companies and investors. And also at the same time, help connect companies that are seeking capital to the right or relevant capital providers. So more specifically on the company side that means working a lot to make sure that they are investment ready and then on the investor side this means offering often sort of detailed on the ground insights into a market that will help inform their diligence help inform their investment process and so they will rely a lot of the time on insights from transaction advisors Uh, who can help them undertake detailed commercial due diligence studies and feasibility assessments.
0: Orion and CrossBoundary are both offering transaction advisory services to businesses across the country. Because financial services are so limited, engaging equity investors to provide businesses with capital and building financial models that can respond to market volatility are essential for commercial survival.
3: Uh, the, The TA or technical assistance or transaction advisory process of TIF has been very efficient because it has given firms uh, uh, a clear idea of their value and of their investment needs and uh, has given them a roadmap going forward. Orion Financial Solution uh, was able to provide uh, efficient uh, and correct valuations to companies, uh, which allowed them to approach investors, particularly equity investors, more efficiently. Uh, also through the technical assistance or transaction advisory work, has allowed companies uh, to determine with much greater precision their investment needs, as well
2: as, uh, as well as the funding direction that needs to be taken. So, I mean, in general, equity partnerships are becoming more and more important in Lebanon, um, and I say that amidst the backdrop of a collapse in commercial lending due to the ongoing banking crisis. So as Before, companies might have been able to easily access bank debt. They now really have to look for strategic equity partners uh, and other forms of alternative financing to help power their growth. Um, And that happens across the full spectrum of company sizes, not just for startups where you might expect that anyway, but even for more mature companies now as they're starved of debt financing. One good example is Totas. Um, Totas is an online food marketplace and delivery platform. Um, maybe similar model to an Uber Eats or a Deliveroo for people maybe based in the US or the UK. Um, And they secured $18 million in equity financing last year in a funding round led by the International Finance Corporation. And so that equity funding is going to be really important to drive immediate company growth. Um, It helps to power hundreds of high-skilled jobs in Lebanon. Uh, It also helps to power the jobs for all the riders, um, but it's also helpful more broadly for economic growth in Lebanon, because Toters as a platform then benefits a ton of other restaurants, um, food providers, farmers across the wider value chain, both by helping to provide a platform for their services and products to be sold, but also by helping to build out really critical last mile delivery infrastructure, which is often a really important platform for economic growth more broadly in the country.
0: The results of the Toters deal have been clear. The company is now processing over 50,000 daily orders and $250 million in annualized sales. Toda's directly sustains over 300 jobs in Lebanon, both high-skilled knowledge economy roles and positions for hundreds of drivers. These jobs have saved hundreds of families from poverty and unemployment. Investment banking Venture capital, fund creation, and a host of other financial services are helping to reignite growth in the market that's been plagued by some of the toughest financial conditions in the world.
1: There wasn't a financial sector when we started. So we're building out a, you know, a parallel finance investment ecosystem. You know, The majority of companies here have zero access to capital unless they're very large. and They have a strong balance sheet and good cash flows. If companies have that, they can access, you know, finance, typically European funding through commercial Um I think one of our biggest impacts is that, you know, it's a slow process. So we're just, you know, one, one project. But, you know, some of these CEOs and founders of companies have said, look, man, if it wasn't for, you know, you said stepping in that there would be nothing. So it's this whole kind of building out this ecosystem and then you know, showing people, showing investors that you know Lebanon isn't uh, hasn't gone belly up and that it's a you know it is a safe and sound, relatively safe and sound investment destination. And you know one of the things that we're doing, I mean 10 companies, yeah, well, you know maybe we'll, you'll know, get up to 100 companies, 150 companies, that would be great. but for those businesses, you know, since we're kind of the only game in town, we've uh, you know thrown those businesses a lifeline to stay afloat. And staying afloat, you know, means that there's uh, sustaining employment and in some cases creating jobs.
0: Not only that, but this new financial ecosystem is driving more and more investors back into the country.
2: It's, there's still some hesitancy. It's not to say that the environment has totally changed, but yes, we definitely see greater engagement from investors in Lebanese opportunities. I think people are getting more comfortable with uh, trying to understand the risks involved. Each transaction that we help to close helps to generate that sort of positive signaling effect for the market that encourages other investors to engage um, and deploy capital. Um, So, you know, over the last Three years in Lebanon, uh, we've helped to close over $25 million of investment into Lebanon. Um, And that's really important. You know, each time you get an announcement around that, uh, people take notice.
0: As Nicholas alluded to at the beginning of the episode, partnership is the key to business success and growth. Finding the right investors and suppliers requires an openness to the opportunities around you. Lebanese businesses have demonstrated that openness and through the help of TIFF will continue to be able to explore innovative financing mechanisms to grow their businesses and the economy despite the challenges. Next time, we head to Colombia and look at how partnerships can fuel democratic stability following decades of civil conflict. We'll speak to civil society and businesses who are helping build Colombia into a more inclusive and robust society. The practice of partnership is a DAI production. Check out our show notes for the links to the research we used in this episode. If you like the show, leave us a rating or you can get in touch with me, Megan Howe, on Twitter. For more information, visit our website at dai.com slash practice of partnership dash podcast. See you next time.